Okay, hi everyone and welcome to the second ever podcast and uh, I'm actually joined by a guy called Scott Syme who's sitting opposite me right now but I should tell you this Scott which is I am calling this the Edward Hutchinson podcast which I think is a little bit egotistical. Hey, I, I like it. Yeah. Edward Hutchinson podcast. That's the one. I mean I'm already getting notifications right now on my Apple Watch saying they're already tuned in. So, so we're live. It's, it's I working. love that. It's working. So yeah. anyway, hi everyone if, if you're watching us live. Welcome to the Edward Hutchinson podcast. This is the second ever podcast that we done uh so i hope you're excited about that mr scott syme when we look at it back on the future and we're like this is the most biggest podcast in the world i was the second <laughs> guest on it took my own podcast um but anyway guys welcome to the second podcast um if you haven't tuned in before my name is edward hutchinson um i'm a real estate agent based in beverly hills at our office right now on rodeo drive uh and actually we kind of specialize more in luxury residential real estate and we've decided to start doing this podcast Last year we were doing a bit of a boring kind of thing where it was like daily updates on Anchor and it was kind of interesting but as you probably may agree or disagree with me Scott, it's like the same thing over and over again in our day a lot of the time. Yes. Consistency. And so it can get a little bit boring. So we thought we would do some more long form content, we would discuss actual issues and bring people in and kind of talk through stuff. Um, So... Guys, welcome Scott to the podcast if you're listening for the first time. Scott's actually an agent uh, originally from San Francisco. That's right, yes. Originally from San Francisco, based in LA now. Um, Actually, I believe comes from a real estate background in terms of his family. Uh, and he's now has been an agent here for a year and a half. Year and a half. I've I've been licensed for two years, but I've had my license for license two years working full-time year and a half so kind of actively doing the real estate thing for two years um so i'm gonna let scott just give a little bit of background about himself but we actually connected over instagram i believe originally yeah we we, did we uh it was instagram yeah i really don't know how but um that's the modern world we now live in it's the modern world how do we get connected but uh i remember we met up and then we kind of just became friends Right there and then. Yeah. So. Went for a coffee and have stayed at things. So, Scott, give give our listeners just a bit of a background about yourself. Obviously, I've explained your name, but um, who are you, Mr. Scott Sun? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, yes, my name is Scott Sun Jr. Um, I moved down here from San Francisco five years ago. Um, I've always wanted to move to L.A. to be a part of the film industry. Typical story, as everybody else down here talks about. In LA. Um, was there an age at which you said, this is where I want to live, that you remember and recall, or just growing up watching movies, that was kind of... Right. I think it was probably between 16 and 18. Oh, wow. Okay. Like that early on, before college. So even when I went to college, uh, I went to the University of Arizona, um, I was so dead set on getting in the industry, and I knew that to get into the film industry, you did not need a degree. Yeah. So unfortunately, I did not put a big value on studies. I didn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I went to U of A, had a great time. I studied creative writing because I figured, okay, I'm at college. Uh, I guess I can learn something that will give me a skill. Yeah. Instead of something bland that you'll never use ever again. And creative for that kind of industry yes. seems like the most valuable skill. Exactly. So creative writing was my, was my gig. And I was a minor in theater arts. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, I did that at U of A. Then I went back to San Francisco after college. Um, then I still wanted to move to L.A., of course. So I told my parents, I'm going to move to L.A. And they said, how are you going to move to L.A.? You have no contacts. You, have, you don't know anybody. Uh, we don't know anybody. What makes you think that you're going to be able to get into an industry that you have no idea anything about? Positive, then. Yeah, very positive. <laughs> very, very positive, yeah. 
So I said, well, I don't know. Uh, I was working at a magic shop at the time up in San Francisco up on Pier 39. Which is another passion of yours. I love magic, yes. Okay. We're going to get into that uh, in a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working at a magic shop at the time, and I was like, well, I'm only working at a magic shop here. There's, you know, what's the difference? If I move down to L.A., what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. So uh, my mom was scared. She said uh, she's actually from Scotland. And, uh, she's That's like, why we get along that British Exactly, it's that like, British uh, genetics there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said, Scott, if you move down to LA, I'm really scared if you, you know, if it doesn't work out for you and you're going to have to sell your body for money. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, word for word. Literally, yeah, yeah. She's probably listening to this right now and she's putting her head on her. And head. she does she sound like that still? <laughs> like, got the Scottish accent? Uh, she still has the Scottish accent, yes. Because that for me is a big one where I'm like, <laughs> I wear a suit every day, I play up to the English nature as much as I possibly can. Perfect. And yeah. I'm really worried that my accent's going to go. No, no, no. You know no. what I mean? Like, 10 years from now, and I've been surrounded by Americans for. No, no, ever. no. She no. still has it. Okay, good. And even if it's it does wear it. off, you should just fake it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> or you say acting classes yeah, and exactly. just like learn yeah, to be English yeah. again. I like that. So, um, yeah, so I moved down here with $250 in my pocket. Ignored your mum. Ignored my parents. Yeah. Yep. I did not, I, I didn't know anybody. I knew, I knew two people down here. Wow. I uh, lived on a couch for two weeks and then, uh, but the remaining ringing thought in my mind the entire time was, it's all going to work out. Yeah. Somehow, some way, it's all going to work out. The dream. The dream. So before I came down, my parents gave me great advice, though. They said, before you move down to L.A., uh, make sure you have some jobs lined up. Yeah. So I said, okay, great. Um, so I came down in a, for a weekend, and I got four jobs in a weekend. Just, you know, hunky-dory things. In the, that kind of uh, showbiz industry? Just, or just... just anything. Yeah. So my first job was I was a trolley conductor at the Americana brand. <laughs> love that and like actually giving the talk through giving the tours I did, so that is I, showbiz in a way kind of I, I, I guess I had yeah. 43 shows a day it was crazy going what? around that, going around that thing I mean it was like a 10 minute tour so. okay still <laughs> so I worked there I worked at a Disney store I worked at a candy store and then I was also hired at Knott's Berry Farm uh, but I turned that down unfortunately because the drive would have been way too far what was the role I think I was working on like one of the Rapids rides, Bigfoot Rapids. Like right. putting customers on and off the rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So Please th- remain seated. To me, yeah. that seems like you very much, if anyone is trying to fill an energy-filled role, you tick the boxes because they offered you all those jobs. I mean, like yes. all of those, I would probably finish that. And I love what we do because we get a lot of like face-to-face interaction with human beings and like talk to them about right. quite deep issues. Right. But I can imagine there like that first 30 seconds is almost everything if you're doing a tour or you're getting people on rides or you must be exhausted. I mean, uh, sure, but I don't know. I, I enjoy really it. enjoy it all. And so feed, it, feed off the energy. Yeah, exactly. So... Anyways, I was doing all those jobs at the same time, except yep. for Knott's Berry Farm. So I worked those three jobs at the same time. Uh, again, I got then I was able to find a roommate who was a friend of mine. I moved into a spot. It all worked out. Um, and I was just coasting. But now I needed to figure out how am I getting into the film industry. Yeah. I figured if I'm at the trolley and I'm giving these tours, it's a silly job. I don't really want to be there, but I don't mind doing the job. Yeah. But I might as well just be interactive and talk to people. So one time I uh, did a magic trick for some lady ran- randomly for her and her kid. And uh, she- I asked her off the cuff. I said, so what do-, what do you do? I don't know why I asked her that. What do you do? She said, well, I- I'm the I'm a owner of a company that creates uh, and develops theme park attractions. And I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> and I said, I-, I love theme parks. Like, you have, no- you have no idea. Like, I love theme parks. 
So she said, well, here's my card. Three months later, she came on the trolley, yeah. and she said, do you remember me? And I said, yes. She said, well, how would you like an internship at my company? And I said, of course. So I, I got to work there, and then I also landed a job at CBS as a page. Uh, so now I was definitely getting into the film industry. Yeah. And then I was able to quit all the other jobs. And then uh, one thing led to the next, and I was able to work on um, two pilots uh, as a production assistant. Wow. Uh, all just from doing a silly magic trick on the trolley that day. So that's like so, when everyone says, like, oh, God's plan or his karma or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. Like, I feel like in our lives, we definitely have those moments almost yes. sometimes. And that yes. seems like that could have been one of those, like, pretty special moments. It was, me. yeah, that was definitely the fulcrum of it all. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Uh, Kevin McAllister, if he didn't change the batteries in his Talkboy FX Plus at the airport, yeah. he wouldn't have been home alone in New York, you know? That is so <laughs> true, but yeah, no, but like, I think about that with our industry a lot, because I think a huge amount of people are like, oh yeah, well I could call all the neighbours and let them know, but they're probably gonna, like, excuses is fucking everything, I find. Yes. And so it's like, oh yeah, well we could run those ads, however it's probably not, I'm like... If you don't try, you don't not gonna know. And if you yeah, haven't exactly. just given that thing and asked that woman what she does, I might not be nothing here. would have happened. Yeah, exactly. And the amount of like showings that I'll have done in the past where I think the person's gonna hate the property, mm -hmm. I'll take them into the property and they love it. And thank God I didn't open my mouth and tell them how negative I thought everything was. <laughs> totally agree. Because yes. like, who the hell am I? Kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that is awesome. So obviously kind of moved to LA, I think as a lot of human beings and especially Americans do across the US to get into that kind of industry. Because yes. this is the home of everything really in everything, terms of that. There, yeah. everything is, everything's down here. If you want to get into music, if you want to get into acting... Show business, it's all, it's all down here. Used to be, I think, used to be able to want to get into porn. This was the place to go. And then they changed the law or something. Yeah, Van Nuys put a new law. No, oh, no. really? No, <laughs> I, I swear I heard that. And then I've recently thought, like, I haven't actually seen any porn people around. Yeah, and neither like, have I. Hollywood, yeah. I think, used to be quite that vibe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's quite interesting. <laughs> so, obviously, got into, into uh, show business, was enjoying yes. that. So, I was doing that. Uh, did that for three years. Okay. Worked for Lionsgate Studios in a department that created theme park rides as well. That's awesome. Worked at Disney, worked at CBS, um, and then at another independent theme park place, uh, Super 78. Okay. Anyways, one day um, I told my dad, who's in real estate, and my grandfather's in real estate, um, never wanted to do it. But anyways. Um, what was the reason for that? Growing up, you saw the life they had and thought that wasn't yeah. for you? I saw the life, and I saw the life that real estate can afford, yes. which I thought was really amazing, because yeah. my dad is a fantastic dad. He's very successful in San very Francisco. Very successful, yeah. He was able to provide for me and my three other brothers, and uh, you know, my family and I, we, we just grew up in a really nice house, yeah. and I got to see everything that real estate can afford. Yeah. Same with my, my grandfather. A lot of investments, really, really successful, really well-known around the community. So I knew what it, what, what it was like, but for some reason, uh, it did not seem that fun to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but I was at Lionsgate Studios. I called my dad and I said, hey, did you see that this girl that we knew got into real estate? And uh, he said, yeah, that girl is, um, I won't say what he said, but <laughs> he, said, if, yeah, <laughs> he said, if that girl can do it, you can do it. And she's making on one commission what you make in a year. Yeah. So think about it. And I did think about it. And uh, I said, okay, I'm going to get into real estate. So I quit Lionsgate uh, like that month. Wow. And then I uh, studied my, for my test, 
got the real estate exam done, and then, uh, yeah, kind of went into work. And do you ever look back now and think, why did I do that? Or is it moments, or is it all yeah. positive, or how does that feel now? It's all positive. Sometimes I wish that I got into it earlier. Really? Honestly, yeah. because yeah. now I'm having way more fun doing this than I was in the film industry. And and was that like your you growing up? Were you like helping your dad and your grandpa grandpa with open houses and yeah. signs out? Yes, and... yeah, I was doing all that. I would give tours, and I was like ten years old. So I, like that's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, like you talk about like the hereditary nature of like your skill set. Yeah, yeah. Literally, you must have kind of like eaten, breathed it from a very early. Yes, age. I mean there was one thing that my uh, my dad and especially my grandfather had. My grandfather had this personality trait where. He could talk to anybody, and he made it look like he's known the person for years. Like that rapport building. Yeah, just like. instant rapport, not salesy, not fake. And I'd always ask him, like, oh, uh, how do you know that guy? He says, oh, I, I don't. I just met them. I think that that and is that the one of the most thing. valuable things in real estate. I agree. Because yeah. it's an odd one where actually you are side by side, in my opinion, with someone going through the most difficult... They always say, we used to be, when I worked in London real estate, they used to say the two most stressful things in your life, number one is getting a divorce, number two is buying a house. Wow. And so if you're taking someone through that process and you probably, I mean, sometimes we do do deals for friends and family members and that kind of thing and you've known them for years, but a lot of the time, you know, you spent a month with them and, you know, you've seen them for dinner or whatever that is. Yeah. I do feel that that nature to be able to build that rapport is just so valuable in the mm. way that you're actually becoming a trusted resource for that person yes. where they trust everything that you're saying to them. You're giving them your expertise and what you've learned about the market and kind of guiding them through this very stressful process. Yeah. And so a huge amount of the agents that I've seen try and get into the industry who have failed, haven't done that well hmm. in terms of like really building a relationship with someone. Yeah. And I think that ability to do that at an early age is, uh, sorry, at an early stage is yes. very, very important. I think that's, I think that's the crux of real estate. Yeah. To be able to have that instant rapport, especially if you're going to do phone calls. A lot of these people that you call get phone calls all the time. Yeah. But if you can grab them within the first six seconds. Yeah. With a high energetic voice that's friendly and then you could feel that excitement over the phone. I think you could really grab them a lot easier than what other people could do. hundred yeah. percent. I completely agree with that. Um, and actually, I suppose, I suppose that actually weirdly in my head now, it's telling me, they always say when you first get into real estate, I don't know if you were told this as well, but they were saying like 70 to 90% of your business, at least definitely the first couple of years is going to be from your sphere of influence. Yes. Yes. And so that kind of like relates back to that rapport thing where actually like people want to do business with people they trust and they actually kind of I agree. have yeah. some kind of connection with. And that's been my experience. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And actually, really, we'll get onto this in a little bit, but I actually feel like what we're going through now in terms of the digital, um, how we can basically get our faces out there like a TV personality does, because you probably know this better than I do, dealing in the showbiz industry and meeting people, the amount of like celebrities that people walk up to them and start a conversation is if they know them, have known them for years, just because they've seen them in films. Right. And yeah. so now we kind of have this thing through Instagram, Facebook, like the distribution is now free. Which means right. any person, if they are engaging enough, can put out footage about themselves, what their story is, totally. what they're doing. Yeah. And like I've had it recently, and I don't know if you've had the same, because you're actually very prominent on those platforms as well. But I'll walk into open houses and people will say, I know you from somewhere. Oh, wait, I follow you on Instagram. Boom. And I'm like, 
it's yeah. almost they're talking to me as if they know me. Yes. And I'm yeah. really like juggling that right now because straight away I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. And then I realize I don't know anything about them. Yeah, like, yeah. Where do I lead from that kind of thing? I got that actually. That happened to me this morning. Really? Somebody talked to me on Instagram. And, you know, I have my phone number on my Instagram. You yeah. Know, a lot of, and it's not difficult to find our phone numbers as real Oh, no, it's totally. And then he calls me today. He says, hey, this is, you know. And I just went and went along with it. I was like, cool. Hey, how are you? Where do I know you from? He says, oh, we were messaging on Instagram last night. <laughs> really? And I was like, oh, Right. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I'd love yeah. to get coffee with you sometime. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that is kind of awesome. It's yeah. basically taking that rapport and being able to scale it yeah. to thousands of people other than just your face-to-face interaction. I agree. I mean, with Instagram, like you were saying, you can easily make it your own little platform. Yeah. It is your own reality show. Mm-hmm. You are the, you're the marching band leader. Yeah. You know, and whether you have 10 followers, 10 people consistently watching you. Definitely. Or a million people watching you. Um, there's value there's value 100% and you know if you're going to be doing business with sphere of influence yeah where's your sphere of influence are they are you going to do door knocking are you going to do postcards yeah well you could but everybody's eyeballs are on Instagram 100% so why not just attention exactly so just like yourself what you do all the time and I've taken notes from you yeah why not why not just hit your sphere of influence every day with what you're doing yeah all the time yeah you know it was weird, actually, yeah, because yeah. we've got um, Pedro here, who's actually filming our live, so thanks everyone on live, say hi to Pedro, because he's doing his thing. Uh, but we went and shot, like, almost like a video walkthrough of me going through a property, opening the doors, etc., etc. So cool. It's awesome, and then, actually, I think Pedro found me on Instagram, we started connecting, went for coffee, like, there's so much of that kind of inter... It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. But then I also do find there's a huge amount of people in our industry specifically who know how it's been done for the years that they've been in the industry, the tried and true method of you go and you network and you only spend time, you know, shaking as many hands as you possibly can yeah. or doing postcard mail outs. Yeah. And they're not, it seems like they, it's changing every day, but it does still seem like there's a lot of agents here who don't put any effort into the digital platforms. No, because what I hear a lot is they look at it, they say, that's too complicated. Yes. I'll have somebody else do it. A hundred percent. The problem though, if you have somebody else doing it, it's obvious. Yeah. If I look at your page, uh, well, you're just paying off somebody. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I can, I can tell somebody else the type of flavor that I like to go for. Mm-hmm. You know, I like fun, vintage, magic, old things. Like, I don't know. I'm all about whimsy. So I could tell somebody else about what kind of content to go grab. Yeah. But that content's going to be through the eyes of them. Yeah. It's a whole lot different if it's through my eyes. And if you're trying to give, yeah, your online persona out there to your followers, they're going to see that change in the way that like, it's not coming from your hands and your eyes anymore and your thoughts. Yeah. I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah. So, um, how has the first year and a half been as an agent in terms of what you were expecting it to be and kind of is business good at the moment or like yeah. how has that played out? So I there's think, a lot of pressure, isn't there? I lots think. of pressure. Yeah. So of course you hear a lot of people, oh, I'm getting into real estate. Yeah. You know, nothing else in my life worked out. So I guess real estate can work. Yeah. So it's like, okay, good luck. Or people see like a huge amount of money's being made by someone and they're like, hold yeah. on, if that guy can do it, I can do it. Yeah. They might sniff up an article on Curb. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. 
Um, and the barrier to entry to be an agent is actually pretty low in the way it's pretty easy to do the test however to actually after done the test to become a a really good producing agent I find that that's kind of lost in translation a lot totally agree and I think a lot of times people watch uh, Million Dollar Listing or anything on the Bravo Network or HGTV or they attend um, some type of seminar about flipping homes definitely and they make it look easy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know about you. I think real estate, I mean, there's some things that are very easy. But the difficult part is, yeah, just kind of going through the time and, yeah, you know, being patient is the difficult part. And I suppose actually like what I love and also sometimes hate is obviously the upside in terms of financial, you know, selling a, a valuable property, which we do in our markets here yeah. in L.A. quite a lot, luckily. Um, but the ability to pull that money in is awesome because you could right. be zero in your bank account today. Yep. And two weeks from today, you could be making a hundred grand because some guy found you on Instagram or bumped into you in a store, decided to buy a twelve million dollar house. Yes, and that is possible. And I've heard those stories. Yeah. Yes, and it's possible. Yeah. Uh, however, the other side of it is actually there is no gu- there's no salary. There's no salary. No it's guarantee. Based, no guarantee. You have a couple of slow months and your and bills you. are going out, That's and right. uh, the stress levels, I believe, can get pretty insane. On That's that. right. Yeah. So definitely uh, I knew going into it there was going to be no money going into it and I suppose that's the advantage actually of where you've come from of kind of having right the network of your father your grandfather who they interact with and seeing agents from an early age that's right yeah so I was working at uh, I was getting paid hourly at a real estate office that uh, did foreclosures okay I wasn't a big fan of them I thought they were kind of unethical wasn't a big fan no so, one's really happy in that situation, are they? No, think. it's not a happy... Losing your house. Oh, smile. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had to go knock on people's doors in Compton. So, you know, a big, tall, smiling guy coming to your door. And telling them that they've got I'm surprised I didn't see a gun drop. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, it was crazy. Because we'd go at 8 o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah, insane. I suppose because that's when you guarantee someone's going to be home. That's right. Okay. That's right. Very dangerous. Yeah. Quit the job. But then uh, I actually, through Instagram, yep. I f- saw a guy that lives in uh, around my area, looked young, successful, hit him up. We got a coffee two days later. He invited me to work at his brokerage. I interviewed with his broker. I got the job. They hired me on, and I started working with him. Yep. We struck up a deal where he had three buyers at the time, yep. and he said, I will give you um, some money if you just help me be my right-hand man on it. So I was his TC on those three transactions. Okay. And I was also his right-hand guy. So Which was, is a transaction coordinator uh, yes, yeah, for anyone out there. Yeah, no, no, no. Because yeah. Yeah. we use that, yeah. that term all the, the time. The lingo. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think I said it to Pedro earlier, because like Susan, who's obsessed with like George, our little Pomeranian that's in the office right yeah. now, he uh, she loves him so much. I was like, oh, she's a TC. And I was like, oh, TC, transactional coordinator. <laughs> but actually, for me, that's a really unappealing part of the job. Did you enjoy doing that? element of it um it was difficult but i thought it was enjoyable so i could figure out and learn contracts early on okay because i again kind of going back to studying creative writing learning the skill yeah may not be great but you're getting a skill out of it definitely so uh learning the contracts was good and then i was showing his clients open houses and kind of doing all the stuff anyways he gave me some money at the end of those transactions so i did was able to make some money at the very start of my first year in real estate. But, you know, it wasn't wasn't a lot. We're not talking... And was it... Did you feel like it was in value for what 
time and effort you're putting into the actions or was it kind of like well why is this guy making that much money i'm getting a little portion of it even though i'm doing the lion's share of the work yeah i i never i never got like jealous or okay. felt like um i should be getting paid more i just felt extremely grateful and lucky to be a part of this yeah. to be able to be able to shadow somebody that intimately definitely and seeing all the negotiations seeing all the steps of what it takes yeah because uh, i feel like that is really lost in our world 100 um you could be a mentor to somebody and you could tell somebody how it works it's a whole different scenario having somebody come into your office every day and they're watching you do everything. Yeah. In the down times and in the busy times. Yeah. 100%. So I got to see some work happen that way. And honestly, with the deals that I had later on in the year, uh, I learned so much from that guy I was working with. I took all those same skills and put them to practice into my own deals. And it all worked out, which yeah. was awesome. So it's almost, I suppose it's kind of going to school in real estate. Most people are like, right. oh, yeah. Well, I don't worry. I did my real estate course, studied for the exam, and passed it. Yes, there yes. is zero in that test, yeah. in my opinion. That I, really I probably prepares. couldn't pass it today. I no. mean, like no. the amount of the rubbish knowledge that you have to revise and learn that you're never actually going to really use in the day to day business, exactly. as opposed to actually learning follow up calls out right. uh, like. Really, kind of doing the day to day. I How to dress is, nice. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm having an idea. You, you right dress now. the best in, in Beverly Hills. Don't try that, Scott. You're wearing a jacket and like your no. uh, shirt every day. Like I think you've got a little more. That's the weird thing because everyone says to me, "Oh yeah, you wear your suit and you look really smart every day." Secretly, and don't tell anyone this, and obviously it's on the podcast, but it's <laughs> through laziness. Because yeah. all I have to do is choose what shirt and what tie and cufflinks I'm wearing. I completely. <laughs> I completely agree. And we live in LA and like I see all these people, yes, they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt. In fact, great example of that is Mr. Chris Ricks right yes, there, yes. who is looking like a fucking fashion model. And I do not have the taste, time or effort to go through and pick <laughs> the right stylish t-shirt and what that, like my wife looks at me and she's like, you're either in a suit, a wetsuit or tracksuit. <laughs> like, and that's all you go between. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Which is actually pretty easy and I love it. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there who I put my creativeness into the content, not the uh, dress as much. But I think the dress is great because yeah. when I think of real estate or high end real estate, I do think of guys in suits. Yeah. But uh, the way you play it up with cufflinks and colored ties and shirts. Red like, socks. Really red socks, red exactly. So <laughs> I think that, that makes all the difference. So how does that relate in terms of, because obviously you've got experience with your father and your grandfather in the San Francisco market. Because yeah. I came from London real estate. My brokerage would make me sh uh, clean shave every day unless it was a religious thing. Is that right? Yep. And they would make me wear a suit every single day. Wow. And I would work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on the clock. Okay. And one day of the weekend, every other weekend. It was a bit of actually like a kind of slave labor situation, but in terms of cutting my teeth, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. But every agent that I ever met wore, wore a suit. Um, what I've heard actually since I moved away from London four years ago is actually now what's happened is even guys in like working in banks in central London, they started relaxing the dress codes. It's like, really? oh, don't have to wear a tie anymore. Oh, you know, like, so it's actually played down. Is that the same? Because they're both in, in California. Yeah. San Francisco is a bit of a different feel to LA. Right. What do agents wear there? Agents, uh, I think it's dressy casual for the most part. Okay. Uh, I actually take a lot of hints from my dad. So a lot of Vineyard Vines. Yeah. Nordstrom is my favorite store, yeah. of course. Uh, it's like dressy casual up there. So it's kind not of a not... a lot of suits. Not black tie. No, no. <laughs> not suits. Yeah. No. But it's kind of between your casual, like a jacket with a t-shirt or yeah. a shirt yeah. and... Okay, I kind of like that. 
I like just like what you're wearing. I like what I'm wearing. Yeah. I just like being dressed up but casual, I guess. How, how important do you think that is? If, like if we're talking to new agents right now, this agent's about to get his license. Yeah. He's thinking, right, the next year I'm going to plan this out. Dress code. Is that personal brand? Is it yeah. how you're being received by the client? Do you think that's valuable or do you think actually... I think it is. I mean, I mean, now we're talking all about fashion with here, but I think it really is yeah. important because, yeah, that is part of your branding. Not as important as the rapport building? I think it's. I think it goes hand in hand, okay. honestly, because the person I worked with where I got the experience from at the different brokerage was very chic, you know. Really? Very, really good dresser, but super casual. Yeah. I couldn't pull it off. Okay. Uh, a lot of thought behind it, I guess. I don't know. But uh, but for me, I'm more dressed up, but kind of casual dressed up. Yeah. And it's because I'm in Beverly Hills. Uh, I mean, not because I'm in Beverly Hills I dress up, but um, I don't know. I think it, I think it all has to do with your character. I think so right, I think yeah. if you're going to get into real estate, identify who you are as a character almost and just dresses. Play up to it. Yeah, dresses you would, I guess. Play yeah. up to it. No, because I think that is that, that's so true because there's definitely certain agents that I will see and they're not wearing a suit, but they're actually, they wear their vibe. Yeah, and that and works straight away. And also everyone else who's kind of in that vibe then becomes like the perfect client almost because they're like, oh, well, you kind of Absolutely, like me and totally agree. It's a great yeah. actually business generator as well, I think. I agree, yeah. Um, so how much magic do you still do? Well, uh a lot, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, is in it's kind of you're practicing every day and oh, still kind oh, of yeah. seeing it as a future. Or it's like a nice thing on the side. It's or... a total hobby, total okay. thing on the side. I do it at my open houses. I've seen yeah. like I think actually that may have been one of the first videos that I remember is a video is of you, and I think you were like at, on a kitchen island or something, and there was something coming out of it, like a card yeah, yeah, coming out of the grass or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which was I, I still bring that to the awesome. Place. Yeah, thank you. Because actually, like in fact, Pedro and I were having this conversation earlier where he was saying the early agent when they get into the industry and they're turning around to other agents and they're saying, "What do we like?" how am I going to generate business? What am I doing? And a lot of the advice normally is like, okay, go to the bigger agents that have open houses and see if you can host their open houses. So Pedro was asking me, how does that relate? You know, like what happens? So you host the open house, the buyer comes in, they make an offer, they give you a bit of a commission or what is that? I was like, not really. It's more of just like a business generator. And you know, if you've got the sign in sheet of the open house and a couple of buyers who walk in, who are thinking about buying in the next year, and they're not represented by an agent, that is your opportunity to pick up a new client and to potentially really build that rapport straight off the bat. Yes. And when I saw what you were doing with magic, I was kind of like, oh, it actually kind of boils down to what we first discussed in the podcast, which was like, you know, your interaction with that woman. Yeah. Straight away, she's kind of impressed in some way. She's building the like reputation, like she's kind of thinking, oh, who is this guy? You obviously stuck in her memory because she came back and said, That's come right. and do an internship. Yeah. So do you use that as an element? Like if a, if a buyer walks into one of your open houses, is that how am I going to stand out and kind of make an impression or how do you play yes. with it? Yeah. Uh, I figure some people bring wine and cheese or champagne yeah. or some type of baked good or whatever. I just bring magic because it's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in LA as well. You can spend a huge amount of money yeah, on like bagel exactly. spreads. I'm just bringing the same deck of cards. Yeah. So... Uh, but uh, lately, what's been fun is I've been setting up like a whole thing on a table. Like uh, somebody at my last open house asked me, is this part of the staging? <laughs> that is incredible. And uh, I never make notice to it. I mean, I have cards, like a deck of cards 
fanned out in a like a rainbow. And then I have another cup with a deck of cards inside of it. Yeah. Then I have a what's called a dove pan. It looks like this metal contraption. And I have candy inside there, so you can get candy out of it. And then I also have like a note in a bottle, and then like this box that has different stuff in it. So it's like I've made it into this it looks like like a shelf like from Disneyland or something. That is awesome. So anyways, I don't make any mention of it, but if somebody asks about it. I'll say, well, it's really interesting. Um, I might be the only realtor in LA who's also a magician. And then you go and into like, it. Really? Well, can we see something? Sure. So I never press it on them because. And I suppose that's yeah. probably something you pick up and you learn in magic is you don't want to walk up to someone, tap them on the shoulder, and say, "I can do tricks. Watch this." Yeah, it's really awkward. It's, it does not go well. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the approach, but yeah, it doesn't go well because then it? you yeah. come off as a totally amateur. You're like. Hey, I'd like to show you some magic tricks. It's like the kid doing the magic exactly. trick kind of thing. But when where... they ask, it makes it more mysterious. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, a, you know, I think about the story afterwards. It's kind of like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah, we were at this open house. Uh, great house. But this realtor was there and he did magic for us. I've yeah. never seen that before. That's so amazing. I don't know. I don't know if it works or not, but I'll let you know. I mean, I definitely <laughs> hear it because everyone I speak to about you, it's like, oh, Scott. Have you seen some of his magic? I'm like, okay, <laughs> damn. Like, that obviously sticks in people's brains. Because it's not normal. It may have been a lot yeah. more normal maybe 50, 60 years ago. Maybe, yeah. Oh, uh, magic is an art. Yeah. yeah, it's not, I mean, especially in a day and age of technology and all this stuff. But I do think that magic is coming back because I think, especially in LA, we're all about experiences. 100%. And uh, there's magic shows that are happening more and more often yeah. around the town. We definitely do have the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Yeah. which is a private magic club. We still got to go one of these days. I Are you allowed you. to take me if it's a private club? Uh, yeah, I could, I could pull some strings. Sneak me in. <laughs> yeah. No one try and get in if you're listening to yeah, the podcast yeah, right not, now. Yeah, you like, will not get in. You will lose your head or a hand or something from the magic trick. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, but I think, um, but I, I also use that as a big part of my business with experience. Yeah. Um, Toys R Us, Sears, they've gone out of business. Yeah. They, it's because they, they don't really offer an experience. 100%. They they offer the goods, sure, maybe at discount prices, but there's no experience along with that. I think that translates a lot to our market with realtors as well. Hundred percent. Of course, there's everybody knows a realtor. There's thousands of realtors, especially in LA. Yeah. Anybody could write a write up a contract. Anybody can show a house. It's very simple. But I think people work with specific realtors because of the experience they're going to give. Yeah. I can go buy a pair of jeans at Macy's or TJ Maxx or whatever, but I purposely choose Nordstrom because I love the experience that it gives me yeah. and how I feel going there and leaving. So I think I relate my business after that as well because of the type of experience I give my clients. Definitely. Um, and that just comes from a magic background and then a theme park background because that's all what theme parks are. So is, is it included that when you close a transaction with a buyer or a seller that you teach them a magic trick or is that not coming <laughs> Because I feel like that would be yeah, value to Yeah, that's me. in the closing documents. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Scott, will show you a magic trick. Included in the sale no. of this transaction. Well, what I would like to do is when I get uh, some more listings here, uh, especially bigger ones, I would love to sh do like Twilight tours, but also oh, with magic in them. Like yeah. if you went room to room and there's a different magician in those rooms, now you have a swanky open house with you know, food and catering. And then you have that entertainment experience as well. Definitely. And that all has to do with my brand. So it almost becomes that, you know, I've, I've had it before in the past where you're like, I think it's sometimes almost like cruise ships or something like that, where they have like, like you're sitting in a restaurant, 
and there were uh, oh yeah walk around magicians 100% because yeah. I kind of think that'd that would be amazing <laughs> was that good uh, I did that when I was in college when I, I bought all the magic in college yeah and like a week later I, I went up to like this Mexican restaurant and said hey I do magic even though I didn't I just bought the tricks a week ago that's so good can I do some walk around magic sure we'll give you a free meal every night I said okay great yeah. so I did it on the weekends I was dreadful it was really? awful like I was so terrible but there is there's an element that I find whenever I watch magicians of everyone is willing not saying anything but feeling like oh I hope this magic trick comes off it's almost like you don't want the magician to fail you almost. don't want them to fail uh, but I suppose you must come across people who are the opposite who are like oh how can I pick a crop, pick apart this trick like, yeah, how yeah, I, yeah. like see how he's doing and it's, trick it's all in the presentation yeah. I think people don't want to people want it to be good mm -hmm. but I think people also want to trick you they want to mess it up yeah. because they kind of do get the uh, enjoyment out of seeing somebody struggle in yeah. some ways. Yeah. But when you do show that you're struggling, like, oh, I messed it up. Then now they start waiting yeah. for you. It's like backing the underdog kind of thing. Exactly. Then yeah. you do the trick, and now you've raised it up even higher of what was expected. And then uh, it's like, wow, that was really, really good. You know what? Like, weirdly, A lot of psychology. Like, yeah. And that actually, weirdly, I suppose, is quite an interesting plateau of how that draws into real estate as well. Yes. Me and Pedro, again, actually, were discussing this earlier today where I was saying, like, the real behind the scenes of being an agent is, like, you've got a showing, turning up to the actual property 15 minutes before the showing, turning all the lights on, opening the right blinds, turning on the right, like, you know, opening the right windows, whatever it is, because you want the first impression of that buyer walking into that property to be the best it possibly can be. Yes. So, yeah. it, like, that kind of impression and delivery. Yes. Uh, I'm now thinking, like, how do we do it in a way where we post pictures online of something falling down? And then they turn up <laughs> expecting something falling down, almost like your yeah. trick thing. I agree. I mean, well, I try to do that with open houses with a uh, specific type of music playing yeah. when they're walking in. Um, some type of ambiance. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's all, it's all the psychology. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think there's some there's some ground there. We need to explore this in the yes. like future of like yes. how you can do that. Um, well, that's awesome, Scott. So I kind of actually just want to round out today and just kind of... Get your thoughts because obviously, like we've heard, that you've had a good year and a half. Um, yeah, you're quite excited about the next couple of years. Totally excited. Yeah. I mean, the first year again, I got some money working with that guy, but I got great experience. But then it wasn't until the end of the year when a stroke of luck happened, and then three deals just came onto my lap. Yeah, and then bam, 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 I was able to close them out, and those were my first three deals in my career wow and that's under your current brokerage plg yes peter Lorimer. and actually like i have yeah. to say i've sat down with peter before and if you guys don't know plg estates from a la perspective us like california kind of zone perspective you may have come across him on netflix yep you might um have. what is the name of that show again stay uh, here stay here yeah. so actually that's a very interesting one because of actually some changes that we've had in la recently because he is basically traveling around the us with another lady looking at uh, owners short of short-term yeah, owners yeah. and basically putting the fine touches in the presentation to a point where it's going to get the best possible money that it possibly right. can. Yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting. It's almost like the flipper kind of house show exactly, geared yeah. more at the experience, yeah. which we've been discussing. Uh, but actually on our last podcast, we discussed that, uh, that the co LA County has banned short-term rentals as of July 1st, 2019. Well, not banned them, but they put very heavy restrictions on them now. I've got to listen to your podcast. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't know that. So what, basically what we're going to be seeing, and I, I, like, there's obviously a lot of mixed opinions on this, I think, is as of July 1st, 2019, you will not be able to 
lease out any property short term that is not your primary residence, i.e. you live more than half right. a year okay. in that property. You're also not going to be allowed to lease it for more than 120 days. And you're not going to be able to do the kind of I'm living there and leasing out like the back unit kind of thing mm -hmm. for like more time than that. Yeah. And then there's also going to be elements of you need to put smoke detectors in everywhere, fire extinguishers in everywhere. You need to keep a record, highly detailed record log of all of the things you've done. You need to pay a fee to the city, I think about $800 to get your code that you can effectively like then put on the Airbnb website. Jeez. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think like... Our government loves money. <laughs> they do, don't they? And they need it. Apparently, they, uh, well. apparently but our roads are still bumping. Oh, yeah. That's another good yeah. conversation. And after this rain in the last couple of days, I don't oh, know if you've seen God. some of the holes that I've been trying to avoid on the road. My friend is currently at the uh, mechanic right now. Because, because of, of that. Yeah. Uh, it is crazy yeah. sometimes. Um, um, I, I think, I think short-term rental is interesting, and I think it's a cool income stream. Yeah. But I know that I get, I, I'm sure you get this like as well. Well, what if I just bought this and just, airbnb it out yeah it's like that's not a great idea no. because you are basing a business you're basing everything now you're purchasing a big purchase and you're basing it all off of a application yeah and that's volatile we don't know yeah just like you were saying there could be changes which now there are yeah and there could be different rules so if that happens now you'll be sol and in the other way of it i think we saw some like big increases in airbnb prices a couple of years ago because everyone was like oh, hold on a second, I don't have to stay in a hotel, I can stay in a house, and there weren't that many Airbnbs out there. I think as soon as everyone turned around, and I'm calling them Airbnbs, they're obviously less than 30-day short-term rentals and any platform could work. Right. But there was a couple of times where um, it they basically now the market has readjusted to a point where the supply has increased because of the amount of homeowners who are like, oh, well, I could rent out my property for a year yeah, or exactly, I could do yeah. it for a month. Because I think it's going to benefit our business in a way that we're going to have more inventory to lease oh, out. Oh, I completely agree, yeah. However, I equally think if it's my house, I can do what I want to do with it. Uh, yeah, and I agree with that as well. It's a weird one, isn't See, it? See, what I would do is if I had a back unit, let's say, yeah. and I'm, I'm living there and it's like my granny flat or something like that, mm -hmm. you can do Airbnb with that, right? You can, but not more than 120 days a year now. Right. What I would do... This is just me thinking out loud. I'm just thinking right now. I would uh, I would just charge a big, big price. Yeah. And maybe do it maybe a couple of weekends out of the year. Yeah. And make this whole gigantic curated, like experience. almost like concierge experience. Yeah. Where you get the weekend with me and I'm going to show you everything in LA and all the biggest restaurants and charge like a big, big fee for it. That would be awesome. I don't know. But that's just a one idea. It's almost, yeah, it's taking the hotel model to a more boutique -y personal level exactly to the point of like you're giving the full service more and tailored keys yeah. to the door exactly i like that a lot yeah. i actually think that's a really really good idea um so on that i suppose like let's finish out Scott, yeah. just with the future and kind of are there any trends or anything that you're seeing not just in the real estate market but with how society's changing or anything like that that you think i need to pay attention to this if i'm a real estate agent in 2019 or do you just think it's a constant flow of like what we've kind of seen over the last five years mm -hmm. in terms of like more digital and yeah, is there, is there anything that you would kind of put out there as a, an idea for anyone? Sure. I definitely think Instagram is super hot right now, Yeah, but you know, again, apps, you never know. It could be 100%. super hot right now and maybe in six months it may not be anymore. Definitely. I mean, look at Snapchat. Snapchat's still around, but Definitely not as popular as it once was. There's not as much attention there, for no. sure, is there? Um, so I think Instagram is really great right now. I think digital stuff, Facebook ads, 
Instagram ads. I need to take more advantage of that personally. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely think there's a lot of value there, especially creating your own uh, audience. Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, then now there's the VR, which I know you're kind of dabbling with. Definitely. Uh, when I was working at Lionsgate, I worked in the VR department for a little while. Really? Uh, so I think VR is interesting. Um, I think it'll just kind of come down to the price point of when that's going to be available more widely into people's homes. Yeah. Um, and... What about practicality-wise? Because that's what's That's the thing. Of, yeah. You can... You can Look at photos or videos or in-depth things. In the palm of your hand, literally. You can't smell the house, though. You can't uh, hear the cracks, you know, while walking around. I also think putting that big thing on your head. Yeah. At the moment, what a VR set of goggles are. Yeah. Is something that people like in terms of the nuances of, oh, I've never done this before or... Let's it's a check this out. Yeah, it's cool. It's but, a utility device. Yeah, hundred percent. And then yeah. it's until it becomes the functionality and utility of a smartphone, yeah, or as easy or easier than that to use, right, right. it's not going to be taken by the masses, right? As in, it's not going to be. You know, like I heard someone actually today on the radio turn around and say, "Oh, I walked into a house the other day, and this uh, my great aunt had a flip phone." And did like a double take on it. And then like, I was like, oh, of course, like no one has this flip phone anymore. We have smartphones. But then someone was like, yeah, I remember when that phone came out in 2005. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, that was only 10 years ago. That's crazy. And I now, still remember my first text message that I ever received in my yeah. life. Do you want to go see Finding Nemo at 320? And do you remember taking 10 minutes to do it by going yeah, A, B, C, D, E, yeah, F? Like that was so Yeah, weird. it was yeah. crazy. <laughs> but that was like, normal. That yeah. And now people were like, how do we live? Yeah. Like how, how do we live without that? How did real estate exist back then oh, without yeah. the MLS online and all this jazz? Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Actually, me and uh, Chris Ricks, actually, he joins us on LA Mansion Tours. We're having that debate the other day because he's on the ethics uh, board for oh, really? Beverly Hills Association of Realtors. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So he sees complaints constantly mm-hmm. of, oh, wow, this person's made out like it's their listing. They put an ad in this paper. They haven't put their oh, DRE wow. license on it. Oof. And we were having a quite good debate because obviously I appreciate that you need to be able to have an element of control over people misrepresenting themselves right, in those right. platforms. But now we've got Instagram. I'm not putting my DRE number every time I post a picture of a photo. I don't think, yeah, I don't even have it on my profile. No yeah. Way. And he was kind of saying to me, look, there's another side to that, which is, you know, you should be because if someone comes across your thing, how are they going to identify you? And I was a bit like, well... Seeing as my name is on the profile, there's videos of me all day, every day. Exactly. For me to turn around and say, oh, hold on a second, this wasn't me that put this out there. Right. I don't even know what BRE stands for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but literally, like, I was kind of like, that needs to evolve in some way. Yeah, I think, it, again, I just think it's, real estate has just been around for so long. Yeah. And, you know, the community is, it's very rare, in my opinion, to see young guys like us yeah. in the industry. Just because of the margin of not making any money for the long time, for the first hundred percent, there's a massive dropout rate. It's a massive dropout rate, and then there's a massive rate of people who would like to do real estate, but because of that factor, they can't do it. Yeah. So seeing, you know, us young people, I think it's 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 a, not rare, but it's not it's not. Uh, I don't think that's the norm. Okay, so um, I just want to do two more things before we close it out. Yeah. Um, Scott, so what we're gonna do is predictions on markets. Cool. What are you thinking? LA and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Same boat because they're both the same state. Different because uh, I think they do vary massively and you probably know a lot better than I do. We actually sold one for 7.6 million in uh, San Francisco last year. But literally apart from that and doing comps reports and everything and working out what the value was, I don't think I've ever 
shown at another property in San Francisco. So we've obviously had a very, very strong bullish for years in LA. Do you think that continues? Do you think that that goes like we start losing value on property and how does that relate to San Francisco? Is it the same or is it different? I always go back to the anchor thought of Los Angeles has and always will have the, the weather. Yep. Um, well, we say that now that we well, just know, had three yeah, days yeah, of rain. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. I feel like people forget that it does rain here like maybe five times out of the year. Yeah. But every year it's like, what? What is this? Yeah, anyways. Um, Filming the sky. Like, yeah, it's like, have you seen season. this before? <laughs> um, I think Los Angeles has the weather. Yeah. Because we have the weather, we have the film industry. The film industry is our biggest um, revenue of LA, yep. I think. Um, so we have that gigantic economy of the film industry. Now we're seeing more and more of the tech industry coming into LA. Silicon Beach. You have Silicon Beach. You have, yeah, Playa Vista. You have, even on the west side, Google's taking over this gigantic mall on yep. Pico. Yeah, I saw so, that. So it's just, I think we just, we have all these things happening. Did you have you been into that mall recently inside? It? I just saw a movie at the Landmark recently. I didn't get to go in the mall though. It's empty. It's like really? every other store is closed down, really? and I'm like, we are in the age of Amazon and one hour delivery almost wow. now. Yeah, and that is goes back to that experience thing we were discussing, which is sad. Yeah, um, but but then if you go to like the Westfield Mall, yeah, that's a, an amazing experience. It's like the cool. It's my favorite mall in LA. I feel like they they've clocked onto it and put the shift in where it's like people aren't going to come to the mall necessarily to buy the eight things at the best price that they want. Right. If they're going to buy something, they want the experience, which you were talking about earlier. Right. And things like gyms, cinemas, like right. where you can go there, almost like the well, it's like a grove, you know, hundred percent, just to hang out. Yeah. I might not buy anything, but just to be there is fun. Yeah. Surround yeah. yourself with the people that you like. Maybe I'll get a coffee. Yeah. Maybe I'll. Get a cologne. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I don't we'll know. See how it takes I, I don't buy cologne. I just go to Sephora and get the free uh, samples. So. So you think that that's that's? Do you think that's gonna? The yeah, LA market in total, like there's gonna be yeah. areas where there's a lot of shops and things like that, and if they don't adapt, it's gonna. I think there needs to be some uh, people that need to adapt and more go in the more uh, experience space. Yeah. Uh, but also, I always at open houses or just talking with people, everybody's waiting for the big crash to happen. But it's, I don't know. I always ask them, do you have a crystal ball? Yeah. And then they ask me, do I have a crystal ball? Because I'm a magician. And, and you I say, say yes. But I think that's really difficult to, if you're going to time out the market, yeah. what makes you think that you're going to be able to get in there first if everybody else is timing out the market as well? 100%. And then um, I think, I don't think we'll see anything like 2008 in my opinion. Yeah. Because our economy is so good right now. Mm-hmm. Lately, everywhere I go, I've been seeing help wanted signs. So unemployment is super, super low. Yeah. And our economy is not based on faulty loans like it was in 2008. So I think with a culmination of the weather, yeah. the tech industry, the movie industry, low unemployment, uh, and all this stuff coming into LA, if there's a correction, I don't think it'll affect us that much, in okay. my opinion, for LA. Yeah, and I think like what we've been hearing and discussing in our office similarly is like we're kind of predicting a tabletop for the next two years. Sure. You know, like little gains, little losses, and actually it's going to pretty much stay the same. We're not going to see yeah. like the 10% jumps per year. Yeah. One thing that I am actually hearing though is that I think we will probably have an economic downturn, the scale of which I have no idea about in the next like three years because we're kind of due one. But equally what I've heard, and actually be interesting to see about your thoughts on this is... Because actually I took, picked up on your point of 
not having any like loans like the mortgage industry was in 2007, 2008. What I've heard actually is that we're going to have a similar situation, maybe not to the same scale, with student loan debt. Interesting. Because effectively over the last 15 years, we've created an environment where our parents turn around to us and say, you go to college, you go to one of these amazing colleges, and you basically have a tick box saying you've got the job. Yeah. Huge amount of those people have gone to somewhere, studied a degree that's actually just basically them doing a tick box. Yeah. They've left the university and it's not led to them getting an income level like what their parents did where they can pay back that debt. And apparently in the US, which I think is crazy, putting that out there before I say it, um, you cannot declare bankruptcy against student loan debt. It's the only debt you can't declare bankruptcy against. Is that right? I didn't know that. So what they're saying is that they've got a huge amount of, of young people of our age, like millennial generation, who have gone into a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and will never be able to pay it back because their income may be 60,000, 80,000 a year if they're very lucky. And being able to then take a portion of that and pay that debt yeah. off is going to take them 70 years. Yeah. And so those student loan companies are never going to get the money back. And so what happens in that situation? I mean, I guess something just needs to change. Yeah. Because it's a, the big cycle right now. Go to college so you can get a good job. Yeah. You got to get a good job so you can pay back your college yeah so it's like yeah it's a vicious cycle and college here is insanely expensive like i was in college in the uk and i think i was the third year when you actually had to pay for college my parents went to college for free is that right Uh, yeah government pay for all of it and so therefore they really the government did really if you went to get a degree the government would pay for it basically in terms of the tuition if you were doing your living situation you were paying that but they did a massive like pay increase where people had to pay three thousand pounds a year to get their tuition and everyone freaked out and then I hear about some of the colleges here where they pay $60,000 a year Yeah. and I'm like oh my god yeah. like yeah. I can see there's value in education right. but actually now I've got a smartphone in my pocket uh, yeah really I've and I've always like I said earlier like I've always just placed a huge value on apprenticeship yeah so like like I was saying shadowing with that other agent definitely I learned way more than yeah just in the classroom yeah learning stats and statistics now does not seem yeah. to be valuable because I can find that out in 10 seconds by typing it into my phone or saying right. it right whereas the skill of what to do in a situation people will pick that up a little bit through YouTube and yeah. that kind of thing but it's definitely I think you're right it's it is skills is now the value not yeah. how many moons are around saturn or like you know like right which i think is important uh but i think it is interesting though this is now doubling into an off topic but uh, i think there is something to know about different things like history and different events that have yeah. occurred and different random topics definitely uh knowing it as opposed to accessing it on a third party because I don't know, I just think of like different things, like if the third party messes with different things. Yeah, or, true. I don't know. Do you trust topic. the kind of t- source that it's coming yeah, from? Yeah. Which I suppose is the same if you've read it in a post, like before and remembered yeah. it. Because I, I, I yeah. read Wikipedia all the time. Really? Yeah. I remember in college, though, that was a huge no-no. Oh, yeah, because people never. could edit it, and then exactly. literally you're reading what someone's yeah. edited, and you don't know who the source right. of the information is. Yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. We're living in an interesting time. We're living in great times. Yeah. Oh, it's an God, interesting yeah. time. Best time to ever live as a human yeah. being, in my opinion. Like, like yeah. we just have it great. Um, so, what about... So, we talk about the LA market. I think it's going to be a tabletop. You're thinking, actually, it's kind of similar from what you're saying, that we're not going to... 
we may have some downturn, but it's impossible to kind of forecast. You're not expecting big raises. Yeah. San Francisco, on the other hand, I'm hearing, and this may be because we're in the Silicon Beach market, that there's a huge amount of people in the tech industry tending to move out of San Francisco. Yes. Because it's not kind of the Silicon Valley in terms of that's the place you have to go for a tech thing anymore. And mm -hmm. because of the interconnectivity of the world that we're now in, people can work from anywhere. Right. And a lot of those people coming to LA or to other cities. Is that something you're hearing from your dad and seeing, or is that just kind of headlines? I think that's a mixture of both. Okay. Um, I think a lot of time, I think a lot of it is the Bay Area is just so expensive. Yeah. And that people are moving out. And there's a huge amount of homeless people there as well, isn't there? Like, we yeah. live with that in Venice yeah. a lot. Yeah. But I'm hearing it's actually crazy it's on bad. some of the streets. It's bad, yeah. And got a lot worse recently. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the same in LA, too. Yeah, true. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so, I think, I think, like you just said, now, the movie industry, we have the weather, and it's all down here. Yeah. The Sil Silicon Beach, or I'm sorry, Silicon, Silicon Valley, Valley, or the tech industry, that could technically be anywhere. Because that's it's it's the internet, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think now it's spreading out to different markets. I mean, look at Google. Google's going to New York. Yeah. Google's setting up places in different states. Not in LA. Tesla. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think there might be an oversaturation in San Francisco. People are moving out. I've even heard of people moving to San Sacramento and they commute to San Francisco. Wow. It's insane, just because of. Uh, yeah, just how you work remotely when you need to. Yeah. It's not like you're right. doing nine to five necessarily right. anymore. Right. That's really interesting. Okay, Scott, so thank you so much for joining hey, us. Hey, thanks so much for having me on Like, here. We need to have you back, and I would love to make this kind of a regular thing, because I'd sure. love to actually... Obviously, we're not that far ahead of you in terms of how long we've been in the market here, but equally, I think there's so much value just looking at agents of every stage in the yeah. kind of industry, how they're finding it, their different ages and what they're adapting. Yeah. But if anyone out there wants to get hold of you, Scott, if they want to see a magic trick, they want to buy a house, <laughs> yeah. they want to do anything like that, how do they find you? Instagram is the biggest thing. Scott Simon Jr. Or you can go to scottsimejr.com. And that's two T's? That's two T's. S-Y-M-E-J-R. Yep, that's right. One word, awesome. All one word. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate your creativity Absolutely. and your leadership and uh, thanks for doing this podcast. Yeah, and if you have any other ideas, Scott, about topics... We're trying to give as much value to this community as we possibly can. Yeah. So anything where you're like, hold on, there's something coming up here and I think we should debate this. And actually, I'd love it if we just, dis look, we seem to agree on a lot. We do. Yeah. And if we disagree on stuff, bad, yeah. No. <laughs> no. I think it's good. It's good. But uh, it it's may be good. more entertaining for people to hear us like scream at each other and like, Maybe the Scottish are better than the English. I don't know. Oh, don't tell that one. We're going to go that one. But anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, if you also out there have any questions about real estate, also just about living in LA, being a Scottish guy from, from San Francisco <laughs> in LA, or, or in, alternatively being a Londoner in LA who is in London quite regularly as well, we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love feedback on how we can make this better. Uh, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your day wherever you are in the world. And please share this. Like if you think there's someone whom you're hearing this uh, who actually just find any of these topics interesting, uh, we would absolutely love it if you could just share it around. Also, if you've been hearing a bit of squeaking throughout this podcast, it's because we've had little George who actually had a burger, he had a doggy patty from In-N-Out today. Did he really? Yeah, he drove back through In-N-Out. Yeah, it's like a reduced salt 
patty. Really? They will give you. Yep. So don't. Yeah, if you've got a dog, they are obsessed with them. Wow. He's now sitting at the door just squeaking because he wants to be able to go out and ask all of our office staff for more treats. <laughs> so we know that he's definitely a spoiled old guy. But anyway, guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. We'll be back with another episode, I think, next week. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, as always, reach out. I'm Ed Hutchinson. This has been Scott Syme Jr. Uh, I'll per- try and put all of our contact information in the post, uh, but reach out to either of us if you have any questions. All right, guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. Speak soon. Goodbye.